Rural Focus. Time this morning to catch him with the leader of the National, the Shadow Agriculture Minister, David Little Proud to join me. Good morning, mate. Oh, good morning. Good to be with you. Uh, got you before you uh, make your way to, uh, of course, the National Farmers. Big couple of days over there. And, of course, they kick off today, mate, with a, uh, a brand new president. Yeah, David Jahnke. He's uh, a Victorian. You can't hold that against him. But uh, <laughs> it is good. Uh, and congratulations to Fiona Simpson for all of what yeah. she's done. But it's important now more than ever that the NFF has a strong leader in being able to hold this government to account. Our farmers feel under siege, whether it's uh, the ag visa that's been taken away, whether it's the biosecurity mm. tax they're putting on farms. $153 million to allow foreign competitors to bring their product into Australia and put it on the shelves and compete against Australian farmers, whether it be uh, also the live sheep export ban or the Murray-Darling. This government uh, has agriculture squarely in its sights and we're paying the bill for it. And unfortunately, uh, farmers are losing investment confidence uh, in every sector uh, and it's because the government has an ideological view rather than a common sense and a practical view of how they actually empower agriculture to grow. Uh, you did call on the Federal Labor to release the findings of the independent panel report, which uh, came out, uh, I think, uh, well, I think they handed it to the federal minister just the other day. Do we know when now he'll sort of say what the report entailed? No, uh, we don't. He's not sharing when he'll release that report, but it should come out immediately. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. change. Uh, it's going to ha- show that there's disastrous impacts, uh, not just economically, but unfortunately what he's not prepared to tell us and show us is it'll also have uh, diabolical animal welfare outcomes uh, globally because when we leave... Mm. Those export standards that we live up to won't be adhered to by our competitors, uh, not only in, on the boats, but also in the processing of these sheep. Uh, this is an ideological view where he basically got a panel to run around the countryside. He didn't have the courage to go to Western Australia. He didn't have the courage to sit in front of 600 farmers at Katanning. Uh, he hid uh, and he got these people to do it uh, and, in fact, didn't didn't actually make it all that open. He didn't even get the panel to go uh, to everybody uh, and then didn't even bother to take advice from ABARES, uh, the preeminent <laughs> economic agriculture cultural body in the country about the impacts of this. So this is all driven by ideology uh, and you can see that by the announcement when they first came out and announced they were phasing out. It was done by an animal activist, not mm. by the government. Mm. And so that's what they're being run by. Uh, but we're paying the economic and social bill, but the world will pay uh, the, the animal welfare consequence of this. This is ideologically driven. It'll have a perverse outcome in every, every way you look at it. And this report will simply highlight uh, the economic and social impacts it'll have on Western Australians. Western Australians deserve a second chance. There was an incident with sheep years ago being fixed and the cattle industry was given a second crack. Why aren't Western Australians given a second go? And they've reformed the industry to an extent that is world leading and, and no one can touch in terms of the standards. So why wouldn't you give Western Australian industry a second go at this? Yeah, farmers over here may have, have lost confidence. We, we've known about that for the last couple of months. And of course, the sheep prices, well, they just continue to, to plummet, unfortunately. Yeah, well, you, you couple that with drying conditions, yeah, yeah. Uh, the investment confidence that's gone, uh, and effectively the processing sector <coughs> doesn't have the workers because the ag visa's yeah. gone. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they, you've got a bottleneck. And so what's happened is uh, that basically they've got to get rid of um, these stock and they can't process them. And sadly, you know, there's stories around that, that uh, cattle have had to go and uh, destroy sheep mm. uh, because they simply can't get them into a slaughter yard to uh, turn them into protein and that's a sad indictment on this government in just 17 months all they've managed to do is to drive up everyone's cost of living and, and divide our country and, and that's a sad indictment on Anthony Albanese and Murray White. Are the Senate estimates are they still continuing over in your neck of the woods?
foot? Oh, they are. Uh, yeah. They're carrying all on all this week, and okay. uh, obviously we're, we're unearthing a lot of a lot of the challenges that we're facing, not just in the ag sector but infrastructure, because that's been stopped. We meant to have a 90-day review that's now turned into a 178-day review, mm. uh, and there's a, there's 120 billion dollars worth of critical infrastructure for mm. regional Australia. So um, no one's feeling any love at the moment, and no. particularly in the regions. How shocked were you with what ABS came out and said during the week at the estimate? Well, I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised because you could tell that the decision on live sheep was ideologically driven and the fact that they weren't even bothered to be a consultant. You would have thought any reasonable minister would actually consult (laughs) and understand the impacts uh, that this would have uh, economically on Western Australian agriculture and understand the complexity of the the production system in Western Australia and the the role that sheep play in that and the live sheep and how that now needs to change and that's and how the runway of making those investment decisions now and why you've seen a whole lot of sheep going to market because there's not the investment confidence and they have to change production cycles to meet with where the government's going to land on this phase out. And for a minister not to do that is one, incompetent, but two, I think, shows uh, that there is scant regard uh, for the livelihoods and mm. the well-being mm, of regional Australians. Yeah. When you, with the stroke of a pen, you're going to take away their future and not even bother to have uh, the information. That's a sad indictment on the minister. And if he's not interested in agriculture, our, our beneath you should find somebody who has. Surely there's someone in the Labor Party that's got a, a, even a scant interest in agriculture. Should they both quit? Well, I, I can't see Al, Anthony Albanese quitting, but I think what could happen is that he can have a reshuffle and he should find somebody uh, for what is a critical industry to, for our, our nation's economy. Uh, to have somebody uh, that has an interest in it and will work with the industry. I mean, when you've got a survey from the NFF of their own farmers mm-hmm. saying that they've lost confidence in this government, uh, then the government has to do something about it. And if Anthony Albanese wants yeah. to govern for every Australian, we shouldn't be the forgotten ones. He should make changes and he should have a reshuffle and move uh, Murray Watt on. The trade itself has actually increased by some 41% yeah. since 2021. And, and this goes against the very heart of what they were trying to peddle is that uh, this was a diminishing industry. And this is important for East Coast people like me. People quickly forget that in 2020, when 2021, when the, when the rain came back to the East Coast, there was over 2 million sheep came from the West to the East that helped us uh, restock after, that, after those droughts. Western Australia saved us. And if you take that industry away, then what's going to happen is that it's going to take longer to recover from droughts and even floods over here where you lose a whole lot of stuff uh, because you won't have that supply chain. And that means for the for the consumer out there that's listening, that means you're going to pay more at the checkout uh, down the track because of this senseless decision to phase out an industry that mm. goes into a different market, into the live sheep export market that we do, that Western Australians do, better than anyone else in the world. No one can dispute that, not even Murray White. Oh, well, we'll wait and see. Of course, uh, the panel of, well, supposedly handed in to uh, Murray Watt, so we'll just uh, see what uh, has come out of those meetings that they did come to over here in WA. Now, I know that you're off to the, uh, the National Farmers Federation Conference, mate. You reckon this will come up over the next few days there? Or? Oh, I suspect the... it has. And, and, and yeah. credit to uh, where credit's due earlier in the week, uh, Fiona Simpson went to the press club and made yeah. uh, a very strong reference to the live sheep. This is, and make no mistake, Western Australians shouldn't think they're on their own on this. This is, this is striking a big chord on the East Coast about what they're doing to Western Australians. I mean, we were really worried what was happening with those cultural heritage laws and we're not out of the woods yet because it could be federal ones of those that Tanya Plebisek brings in. But this has really shaken confidence over here. We're worried it's coming to a state industry near us. The cattle jobs concerned about it, but they're already concerned about what's happening for those poor Kimberley cattle guys uh, who share some of these boats. So there is a real concern on these cases, and make no mistake, Western Australians haven't been forgotten. We're, we're here fighting with you because mm. we can see what's happening to you is just just wrong. It's un-Australian. Very un-Australian. Mate, as always, uh, nice to chat. Enjoy the conference, and we'll chat again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me.